Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, for the grace once again to come into your presence. This is the day, Lord, that you have made. Each day that you give us is proof that you are still a faithful God. Each day that we see the sun rise, the sun rise again this morning, Lord, it is proof that you are faithful. It is proof that the covenant is still working. It is proof that your power is still at work in our lives. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. This morning, we just worship you as the one who lives forever and ever. We worship you this morning because from everlasting to everlasting, Father, you are God. We worship you this morning because you are the ancient of days. You have been before time and you will be after time. We bless you this morning. Be magnified and be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless you this morning because we know that we can commit our times, we can commit our lives into your hands, Father. And we are confident, Lord, that you would take care of us. Thank you, precious Lord. Once again this morning, as we read the word, we ask, Father, speak to us. Help us to understand your word and let your name alone be glorified in our lives. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Ke. We continue our reading. Yes, our reading of the book of Matthew. Yesterday, we were reading chapter 5. Uh, and we stopped on verse 26. We will continue from there today and then read chapter chapter 6 also. Um, so what was Jesus doing when Jesus was preaching, in my opinion, maybe the most important sermon, okay, uh, you will find in anywhere in the Bible. Jesus was confronting the culture. Uh, Jesus at this time, okay, could see that the people had moved away from God. They had moved away from the word, okay? They had forgotten the substance, the true meaning of the word of God. Israel had given itself to idol, idol worship, had given itself, you know, you know, to, to just be despondent in a sense, in the sense that, you know, they had been carried off into exile. They had returned you know, at this time when Jesus was around, you know, the, 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 the Persian Empire, you know, had been taken out. It was the Roman Empire that was now that was now in place. Okay, it was just you know, there was in this in this in a sense no place for 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 the order or the, the the true power of the nation that they knew. Just like the days of, of Gideon, when Gideon was asking that angel that where are the days okay that we read about okay in the word of God. The same thing was happening here. That but they were waiting for the Messiah to come and help them, you know, displace or remove the Roman Empire. 
But here comes the Messiah eventually. And what is he doing? He is confronting the culture. He is getting the people to go back to the true meaning of the word. And that was why Jesus was teaching. When Jesus, for example, tells them about adultery, okay, they didn't understand the essence of what the law was given. That the law was supposed to be a school teacher who was supposed to bring them to God. And in coming to God and listening to God, yes, uh, and then loving God, loving their neighbors, they will fulfill the law. Hallelujah. All right, let's read Matthew chapter 5 from verse 27. says that you have had the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Okay, if you look, if you listen to what Jesus is saying, it seems very, very harsh. How can you just say you commit adultery just by looking at somebody? Ah, uh, no, that's that's not just what Jesus is talking about. Lust is way, way, way beyond beyond that. But when you make the decision that I'm going to take this this person. Okay, I'm going to take this person. Remember, it is talking about adultery. So it is talking to a married person. Okay, so somebody who should have committed themselves to somebody or who is committed to someone else. Okay, you take this other person, undress the person in your heart and then be lusting for whatever should happen between you and your wife with that person. Jesus said that you have already committed adultery. You are lusting. He says, even look at a woman with loss has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He says, so if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your, of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Hi! When the people had this, it was, what? You mean... If my eye causes me to sin, I should, I should, I should, like, pluck it out. Okay, so, I do that to my right eye today. Okay, what happens next week if something happens and my left eye <laughs> sins also? I should pluck it out too, okay? Okay, I've plucked out my left eye too. Okay, so what happens if um, it's my mouth that commits sin? I should cut off my mouth or I should seal my mouth. Okay, no, they were missing what Jesus was trying, trying to communicate. Jesus was trying to get them to see, okay, the the terrible nature of sin, okay, uh, the terrible nature of sin and the terrible consequences it brings into your life when you treat it, okay, um, this seriously, okay. Uh, when you take it this seriously, I'm telling you, it will help you pay attention. But beyond that, Jesus was also telling them to pay attention to each one, okay? Not just live their lives as if things were not important. Remember, at this time, the children of Israel had just lost themselves in terms of worshipping God, okay? Not just taking little, little things. It is the little, little foxes that eventually, you know, destroys the vine. Jesus says it is better for you to lose one part of your body. Do something about that 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 sin. That was what Jesus was saying. Do something about it un- unless it will lead you into into hell or away from God. It is for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand causes you to sin, 
cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your old body to be thrown into hell. Jesus was saying, do something about it. Okay? Don't, don't just allow it to fester over time and before you know it okay you are you you have moved away from god do something about it verse 31 jesus teaches about divorce and i'm telling you this one is totally away from what they knew he says you have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce but i say that a man who divorces his wife unless she has been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery and anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery for a lot of the people listening to this it is like is this guy serious at all how can that be possible this was what moses moses the man of god gave us jesus will go on to explain to them that moses gave you the law as a school teacher okay to bring you to god but when god gave them marriage intended that it was going to be for better and for worse but i tell people yes when you take and hold on to jesus's word then you will know that even <clears throat> adultery can be forgiven yes even adultery can be forgiven god's in god intends that marriage should be for better for worse it is but i say that a man who divorces his wife unless he, she asks being unfaithful causes her to commit adultery and anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery 33 says you have also heard that our ancestors teaching about vows now our ans that our ancestors were told you must not break your vows you must carry out the vows you make to the lord and that was true okay that was very very true god's word really tells them that they should keep their vow of their vows if you read the book of numbers it is right there god tells them that your yes should you know when you make a vow before god it is very very important but they are turned the word of god i'm telling you at that time they are turned the word of god upside down they will tell you that when you swear and you make a commitment they were more interested in the money okay so jesus tells them that um, you have also heard that our ancestors were told you must not break your vow you must carry out the vows you make to the lord but i say do not make any vows do not say by heaven uh do not say by heaven because heaven is god's throne and do not say by the earth because the earth is his footstool and do not say by jerusalem for jerusalem is the city of the great king jesus was trying to tell them in essence pay attention to the vows that you make if you are making a vow okay be certain that you are going to keep it uh, be somebody that is trustworthy let your word become your bond in essence that was what jesus was saying jesus said do not even say by my head for you can't turn one air white or black just say a simple yes i will or no i won't anything beyond this is from the evil one okay instead they will be swearing swearing by god swearing by the temple swearing by their heads and they never intended to keep all of those things jesus said let your yes be yes and let your no be no Next, Jesus teaches about revenge. 
36 says you have had the law that says the punishment must match the injury an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and this one there <laughs> obviously would have been would have been very very popular you'll find it in the book of leviticus very so many places you find it in the book of exodus too exodus chapter 21 verse 24 leviticus chapter 24 verse 20 deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 21 okay when people do things uh the offense they commit okay must match okay um the reward that they get it says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth jesus says but i say do not resist an evil person if someone slaps you on the right cheek offer the other cheek also if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you give your coat too if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile carry it two miles give to those who ask you ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow i'm telling you with jesus hey this is radical if they slap me on the right cheek i just turn the left one what about if the person slaps the left the the, the left one get the substance of what jesus is trying to say okay get the substance of what jesus is trying to say jesus is trying to say love your neighbor be willing to go extra do extra go the extra mile okay so you slaps your right cheek you turn the left cheek he slaps the left cheek turn the turn the right cheeks to the person i'm telling you it takes a mad a truly madman to slap the to slap the right cheek again i slap someone on the right he turns the left one i slap the left he turns the right one Ah, uh-uh. it takes a truly mad person jesus was saying love your neighbor yes be willing be ready to go the extra mile if you listen to the teachings of jesus they were radical and a departure a departure from 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 what the pharisees were teaching but in essence okay the true meaning of the laws what god intended in the law was what jesus was teaching it was just that they had turned it upside down verse 43 teaching about <clears throat> about love now it says you have had the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i say i love the way jesus confronted the culture you have had what i say you have had the law jesus was not saying that i'm 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 claiming to give you a new law please don't miss it jesus was giving them the correct interpretation of the law since you have had the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i say love your enemies wow i'm telling you this one would have been uh, people would literally be shaking be shaking in their boots love your enemies seriously yes jesus was saying love your enemy okay uh, the words of moses were very very clear an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 17 18 okay you find it there god intended that they should love love their neighbors they just didn't understand what the law was about you have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemies but i say love your enemies eh? how else will you prove that you are a child of god love your enemies pray for those who persecute you uh it says in that way you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven 
for he gives his sunlight both to the evil, both to the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is is there for for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. And I'm telling you, um, radical in a, in a sense, radical teachings. But Jesus was saying that your love is not just for those you know. Your love is not just for those who you care about. It is not the essence of the law. It's not to create enemies. It's not to create people into into folds, you know, you into groups, and then you know you you treat some well and you don't treat others well. No, people are made in the image in the image of God. Okay, so love love them, anyone in the people's eyes, their own understanding, neighbor meant those who were staying with them jesus meant neighbor means anyone made in the image of god i'm telling you wow all right let's read matthew chapter 6 still focusing on the teachings the teachings still continue this one is a teaching about giving to the needy watch out do don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for you will lose the reward your father uh, you will lose the reward from your father in heaven yes god loves a cheerful giver those who give to the poor if you read the law if you read the old testament one of the reasons why god you know brought down that judgment upon israel was because of the way they were treating one another okay so yes god was telling them don't do your do your good deeds or jesus was telling them don't do your good deeds publicly uh, to be admired by others for you will lose the reward uh, you will lose the reward from your father in heaven when you give to someone in need don't do as the hypocrites do blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to the to their acts of charity i tell you the truth they have received all the reward they will ever get but when you give to someone in need uh, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you it will, re- will reward you obviously it is not possible for your right hand to give something and your left hand would not know okay so the true essence of what jesus is saying is don't give with the intention to show off yes don't give with the intention to impress others if there's anybody you should be looking to impress it is god and he sees in secret okay he sees in secret he even knows what is done in secret okay and so your whatever it is that you are doing should not be with the intention that you want to impress others your intention is to impress god okay so when you give realize you are giving to god and not just giving to the people who are collecting from your hand next teaching about prayer and fasting says when you pray don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them i tell you the truth that is all the reward they will get yes because when they were praying 
they will just be in one corner you know when they are fasting they will make it look like they are really punishing themselves ah i have been i have been on a 40 day fast in fact during this fast you know i have been seeing vision you are missing the pop the point and the purpose of your fasting your fasting and prayer does they don't change god they don't move god if they do anything you are the one that you're fasting you're fasting <laughs> yeah your fasting is change is changing jesus said i tell you the truth that is all the reward they will ever get but when you pray go away by yourself shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private then your father who sees everything will reward you god sees even your heart i'm telling you paul said that god is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think in other words god can even hear your thinking eh? so you don't you don't need to to pray and fast before people showing off to them for god to hear you no you lose the true essence and purpose of your prayer. It is when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. The intention of prayer is communication. It is fellowship. It is loving God. It is not about repetition and repeating something again and again and again and again and again. Is the intention to weary God out? No, it is love for God. Okay, so Jesus said it is not about repeating their words again and again. Don't be like the hypocrites. He says, Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this your father knows what you need even before you ask him. Okay, so when you come to God to pray, when you are praying to God, it has to be it has to be relationship. I'm telling you, it has to be that I love God and I'm calling on Him this morning because I know He loves me in return and He is hearing me this morning. Jesus said, Pray like this Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Okay, it was relationship, our Father. Okay, that's the first thing. Our Father, we're in heaven, not on earth. Oh, yes, the Father I am referring to is in heaven. It says, may your, king, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm telling you, that is the true essence of prayer. It is bringing the will of God. In a sense, bringing it down. Yes, seeing it in our lives. If that is your prayer, I'm telling you, you will see the power of God. If the power, what you are praying and you are asking about is that what you are seeing in heaven, what the pictures that God is showing you is what you are asking for, for to be done in your life, to be done on the earth, you will see the power of God. God, my like my pastor will always say, only answers his own prayer points. God only answers the pictures that he gives you. Excuse me, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today the food we need yes and i'm telling you this one was very 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 important uh, because um in living each day for the children of israel they had become greedy yes they had become greedy everybody for himself but jesus said give us today uh, the food we need 
and forgive us our sins, God will take care of you. Yes, I'm saying to someone this morning, God will take care of you. You don't have to leave and just leave for yourself. Push everybody aside just to get and get and get and get and get and get. That is not the true essence of life. Give us today, uh, give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we are forgiven those who sin against us. I remember I once preached a message. There are some things that God cannot do. One of the things that God will not, cannot do is that God cannot forgive you when you refuse to forgive others. <laughs> yes, Jesus said, forgive us our sins. Us. Yes, us. We have forgiven those who sinned against us. It says, and don't let us yield to temptation. Yes, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Yes, uh, Jesus acknowledges that there are things the evil one wants to see in our lives, but don't let us yield to them. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. I say again, this would have been radical. Remember that they could treat the poor shabbily. They could treat others anyhow. Now they were telling, God was telling, Jesus was telling them that God will hold them accountable for their actions. If they treated others shabbily, God would not listen to their prayers. If they refused to forgive others, God in turn would not forgive them. He says, but if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly father will not forgive your sins. He says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do for they try to to look miserable and disabled so people will admire them for their fasting i tell you the truth that is the only reward that they will ever get i ask people what is the purpose of your fasting is it so that you just want to punish yourself no fasting does not change god if there's anyone fasting changes it is you it is so that you can pay attention you can be closer okay in your reverence you know and paying attention to god it does not change god it changes you 17 says that but when you fast comb your hair and wash your face then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward will reward you Yes, your father sees even what is in private, even what is hidden. God sees. Why are you hiding from me? Eh? Hallelujah. All right, let's try and finish this one. This one is teaching about money and possession. So don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eats them and rust, uh, and rust destroy them. And where thieves uh, break in and steal. Okay, with them, they didn't realize that um, in giving to the poor, they were giving to God. They didn't realize that they could actually store up their treasures in, in heaven because if you are giving to God, your treasures are being stored in heaven in a sense. Yes, it says don't store up treasures here on earth. Uh, where moth uh, eats them and rust destroys them. And where thieves uh, break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust uh, cannot destroy and thieves that uh, do not break in and steal wherever your treasure is there uh, the desires of your heart will also be he was telling the pharisees eh? it was clear that their desires oh, was only for money that was all they cared about 
they didn't care about people anymore 22 says your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body when your eye is healthy your old body is filled with light when you pay attention to what you are looking at what you are allowing to get to go into your mind jesus is telling you that that is what determines the amount of light that you have inside your high is like a lamp that provides light provides light for your body when your high is healthy your old body is filled with light but when your high is unhealthy your old body is filled with darkness and if the light you think you have is actually darkness how deep that darkness is since no one can serve two masters did you hear that no one can serve two masters for you will eat one and love the other uh, uh, you would be devoted to one and despise the other. The other, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. I'm telling you, this one for me as a young Christian was a big lesson. In that, I realized that money is calling for your worship as much as God is calling for your worship. Money asks you to reverence Him as much as God is asking for your reverence. So I settled it very, very, very early that I, you could not tempt me with money. You could not tempt me to steal. Money could, will never take command, command my reverence. Never. And I pray that you will be able to do the same also in the mighty name of Jesus. Since that is why I tell you, do not worry about ev- everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Just look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in bands for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Obviously, the answer to that is no. So stop worrying. Stop worrying about money. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Give it all to God. Okay? Uh, realize that God loves you. You are a child of God. If He takes care of the birds, He will take care of you. Okay? So you, your own duty is to listen to Him. 28 says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't walk or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Jesus was telling them, the problem is faith. The problem is that you believing that God is and that God will keep his word. That is the problem. These worries that you are babbling everywhere about, eh? what it is actually getting at is that you don't trust God. Yes, you don't trust God. And I'm telling you, the same words that Jesus says to them, it's very, very applicable to us. Okay? When you are just running elter skater, okay, and you can literally die for money. Ah, some of us can die for money. I'm telling you, okay, you are just trying to tell God that Lord, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. And I'm praying, you know, I know that you you will say, No, no, Pastor, I trust God. Yes, I hope you will be able to declare with me this morning that Lord, I trust you. Lord, I will not worry over money. He says, don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? 
what we will drink, what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Six, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Put your heart on God. God will give you everything you need. He says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Live each day for God, Jesus was saying in essence. And that is where I think we will end it today. I put your focus on God. Don't uh, be uh, be ruled by money. That, like the Pharisees had become the, here, they cared more for money. And then they taught the people to worry about money. Don't worry about money. Okay, God will take care of you. I feel like saying that to somebody this morning. God will take care of you. Did you hear me? God will take care of you. Put your trust in him. Let it be clear that your faith is in him, not in the hustle, not in the money in your bank account. I'm saying your bank account is not your security. God is your security. Yes, you should make money, but put your trust in God, not in money. Father, we thank you this morning. What have we learned? I've learned so much about divorce, about worry, about managing, okay, about treating others, loving others. I want us to just pray this morning. Help me to do your word, Father. Help me to be a doer of the word in the mighty name of Jesus. Will you say that prayer for yourself this morning? Father, I have learned so much. Help me to be someone who practice this word, who does this words in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. In the name of Jesus, you told us that we should show that we love you by doing your word. We commit this morning that our help from your Holy Spirit, with the help of your Spirit, we will be doers of your word and not hear us alone. We give you all the praise, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.